Welcome back to Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. So much news to get to today. We're talking to you on, uh, I can't even remember, Thursday morning. It's, the, it's been quite a week. Talking on Thursday morning, and there has been upheaval throughout ranks of great coaches, college and pro. Uh, we're also going to get to Quezio Dothamensa saying he wants Kirk Cousins back and how that all could look and how that might actually help them get Justin Jefferson done, uh, what other moves are on the table. Plus, we'll talk about the playoff games. But, Jeff, let's start here. Uh, Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, Nick Saban all out at the same time. Man, you could have gotten some odds on that. And while we'll, we'll talk about all of them, I think you had a, a particularly close relationship with Pete Carroll. I got to know Pete a little bit in the ni- early 90s. Uh, Bud Grant loved him. The whole organization loved him. And he was almost the head coach here. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Pete, a, a longtime friend. And uh, I've kept in touch with Pete over the years. Saw him in Seattle a few years ago. Just a, a, a great guy. Um, very down-to-earth. Very fun-loving I think he w- was a high-energy coach, as we all know, and it definitely sounds like he did not want to retire. Yep. <laughs> so he was essentially forced out in Seattle, which is kind of strange because they've, they've been very competitive throughout his 14 years there, 10 times in the playoffs, and including last year, and this year just missing. So, yeah, I think uh, I, I would call it a mild surprise, because he and John Schneider, the, the GM, very joined at the hip and, and did a great job building that powerhouse team around 2014-15 that went to two Super Bowls, one one. And, yeah, I, I think I, I would call it a, a, a semi-surprise, other than the fact that, that Pete is in his low 70s. and But he, he never acted that way. <laughs> he just and, – and it's really the same thing with Belichick. They both seem to, to – retain their passion for coaching, for working with players and developing players. And, and, and for Pete, I think he just ultimately had a little bit less talent than they'd had in the past and, and a little bit of uncertainty at quarterback after Russell, Russell Wilson's peak years. And Geno Smith had, had a good 2022 season, not so great in 2023, had some injuries too. And, and in terms of Belichick, the guy can still coach but the problem was Bill Belichick, the GM, <laughs> that did not deliver the talent to Bill Belichick, the coach. And and so that was his undoing in New England, ultimately, and, and just never really replaced Tom Brady. Max Jones had a good rookie season, and then problems at coordinator derailed him. So, but, but yeah, you're talking about really two outstanding coaches, Belichick, six Super Bowl titles, Pete Carroll, a Super Bowl title, and, and an NCAA title. And and then you throw into the equation Nick Saban, 17 years at Alabama, six national championships. That was a surprise, too. But when you dig down deep on that one, probably not a shock because I think for Saban, the whole transfer portal NIL change in, co- in college football made things so much more difficult in recruiting for a guy and, and he probably just didn't have the appetite for it anymore, but that was his choice, not Alabama forcing him out. And I, and I thought it was a curious fire of Mike Vrabel in Tennessee. Now they, they didn't haven't had a great last year and a half or so, but he was a coach of the year two years ago. They trade away AJ Brown and which he w- was never in favor of doing that. And that kind of gutted their, 
passing attack to a certain extent, along with Ryan Tannehill getting hurt and going down a little bit. Now they have a rookie, rookie Will Levis took take over. But I, I think Vrabel is is a really quality coach, and certainly the tea leaves would tell you that he could well up, end up back in New England. That would make the most sense to me. It would. Um, also, Jim Harbaugh wins the national title at Michigan, and hired. But even before that, he had hired an NFL coaching agent. Uh, do you think he's leaving Michigan? Yeah, I, I think he will. I, I really do. I think that he, he wants to get out of there before <laughs> before the posse gets after him <laughs> again. And it's kind of kind of reminds you of, of Pete Carroll when he left USC and went to yep. went to the Seahawks. And I, I think that I think Harbaugh will now that he's won his national championship. Now he can go after his Super Bowl title like like Pete did. And yeah, it, it would seem to make sense for for Jim Harbaugh to end up maybe in a place like the Chargers, perhaps uh, maybe down in Atlanta. Uh, there, there are some really, I, I think, attractive potential jobs uh, available. And goes you go to the Chargers, you got Justin Herbert to work with, and and he he, I think didn't he play for the Chargers at one point in his he career? Did. He, he played for a lot of teams. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think San Diego is the perfect landing spot for him. Yeah, although he'll although he'll be in L.A. <laughs> I know. I, oh God, I I I will never get past it. I, every other team that moved, I adapt to. I always will call them the San Diego Chargers. I can't I know, not call them the San Diego Chargers. Exactly, and yeah, it, it is it is the San Diego Chargers. It's Dan Fouts. It's That's the, right. The whole history of that franchise. And a That's reminder right. that uh, that Jim Harbaugh, before he went to Stanford, coached two three years at the University of San Diego. Yeah, so that that one really could would would make sense, and I I do think that he will he will leave Michigan at, the, at this point in time. It's a good time for him to get out of there, but yeah, I think the coaching moves are fascinating. And meanwhile, the Vikings coach Kevin O'Connell is, is trying to survey and analyze what needs to be done along with with Quasi Adolfo Menza. They had their press conference uh, on Wednesday, as as we know. And Quazy made it clear he wants Kirk Cousins back, which we know O'Connell does. And I, I think it's, it sets up a really interesting offseason. The, the big difference, Jim, going in is for the first time in a long time, they've got cap room yeah. and because of all the moves they made last year with, with guys like Kendricks and, uh, and Zadaria Smith and a bunch of the veterans that they let go. Now this year, right now, they've got about $39 million of cap room and they'll pick up another 11.5 if Harrison Smith indeed, indeed retires from his tremendous career, which sounds like the indications are he's going to. And I, I think that then you're looking at $50 million a cap room. Uh, I think they can get done what they need to get done in that scenario in terms of getting Cousins re-signed, drafting a quarterback at number 11, or maybe moving up a couple spots to get a guy such as Penix or McCarthy, uh, they're not going to get the top three guys, Caleb Williams, Drake May, or Jaden Daniels at, at number 11 or number 10 or number nine or whatever, but but they would have a shot, I think, at Penix, especially after he didn't play great in the national championship game. And McCarthy is another guy who's very intriguing. I, I like him a lot from what I've seen of him. And He's a younger guy at 20 years old compared to Penix. So, and then you got Bo Nix in the mix at Oregon. So it's really, I think it sets up perfectly for the Vikings 
And, and maybe that, that was the silver lining and not beating the Lions in the season finale once they were officially eliminated when the Saints and the Bucks won. <laughs> then why would you need to even win that game in Detroit? And, and, and hey, they, they were competitive. They, they played decently. But I, I think they can get done everything they need to get done in terms of getting Cousins re-signed, getting Jefferson extended, re-signing Daniil Hunter around $25 million a year, and also in terms of, of, of some of the other major deals that they, that they need to do. Um, but if you, get, if you get Cousins, Jefferson, and Hunter back and continue the development through the draft, draft a little bit better. Now, last year they hit on Jordan Addison – Maybe on Blackman, we'll see, but the rest of the, the crop, not great. And then looking back at that 2022 draft, it, it's really looking shaky. We know that because because Cena and, and Booth haven't panned out. Ingram is okay. He needs to get better. Uh, Asamoah, what's going to happen with him? I don't know. I know. He was supposed to be a starter this year, and he didn't play. Yeah, he was. And, and I thought of Caleb Evans was just awful at the end of the season. But the guy's got some ability if they can coach him up. Ty Chandler right now looks like the, the best player out of that draft, and he, and he is a good player, and he should be the number one back going in. And, and perhaps Jalen Naylor, if he can stay healthy, maybe he replaces K.J. Osborne, who I don't really expect them to re-sign unless, unless the market is really craters on K.J., after he didn't have a great season. So, yeah, a lot of moving parts, a lot of interesting things. And as we said, I think the, the proof will be in, in what happens. But just the fact that they go into, into this offseason with so much cap room is, is a big change from what they, how they've entered the, the most recent offseasons. No doubt. Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider is part of TalkNorth.com, the best way to listen. Subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's the easiest way to listen. It's also free. You can also hear the Viking Update show on this channel, plus Dawn of Sports, Dawn Mitchell's show, where we do dive into the Vikings quite often, and she has a lot of Viking-related guests like Chad Greenway, Brian Robinson, Mike Tirico. Uh, check it all out. We are coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studios. We want to thank White Bear Lake Superstore and Platinum Bank. We'll thank them a little bit more here in a second. Uh, do you think Hunter wants to be here? I, I think he does, and I think that part of that will be tied to what is the future of Brian Flores. I think he liked playing in this defense. Uh, obviously, he was very productive. When you talk about 16 and a half sacks and 23 tackles for loss that tied for the NFL lead with T.J. Watt, and 16 and a half sacks ends up fifth in the league. Now, he, he, he wasn't as impactful Late in the season, only had one sack in the last three games. But I think part of that was maybe too many snaps. Maybe they need, again, more depth on the defensive line. And he certainly attracted more attention once DJ Wanham went down. So another guy who I think is a guy they should try to re-sign is, is DJ. Had eight sacks this year and, and really stepped up in the run game, 60-some tackles after Davenport flamed out as a as a bad free agent signing and i think that's where they also have to have to do better in their free agent acquisitions byron murphy was okay as a quarter corner i don't think he's great but maybe he'll get better in his second year uh, on the defense but brian flores I, I think that's a key component to to get him back 
uh, even though at the end of the season the defense went went downhill, but because again so many injuries, key injuries, losing Hicks for for several games, and then losing Murphy for the last three games of the season and Wanham, uh, the defense really. Forrest couldn't do what he wanted to do on defense late in the season. They weren't getting the pass rush. Um, I think Josh Metellus fell off a little bit in his play and, and was getting beat in coverage and couldn't get to the quarterback when he blitzed. Um, Harrison Phillips really, I thought, had a, had a very good year. Um, but again, even at the end of the year, maybe he wasn't quite as effective. And, he, and he had a really bad back down the stretch. He could barely move in the locker room. Yeah, exactly. So I think that had had an effect too, and honestly, Harrison Smith just didn't make as many plays the last half of the season as they would expect from him, and maybe that's part of the reason why why Harry is thinking of of, of hanging up the cleats at this point. We'll see, but regardless, he he had a tremendous career, six Pro Bowls, and and I think he's a Hall of Fame worthy safety, a, a guy who was an All Pro for several years, and. And, and so if he does retire, that opens the, the, a, the, a door for Lewis Seen to finally step up or step out. <laughs> Either he's going to become a starter and, and become the player that, that they hoped he would be when they traded down and gave up Kyle Hamilton, who might be a first-team All-Pro this year yep. for the Ravens. <laughs> and, he, and he's certainly a, he's already a pro bowler in his second season great player just think how good he would have looked at, in that spot and said they trade out of that spot they end up with with seen and booth who knows i i we haven't seen much of him to get excited about he's he hasn't made any plays and so the cornerback spot is something that really needs to be addressed and maybe in free agency plus the draft and we know they've been drafting a lot of corners in recent years but got to do it again and got to coach up guys like like Booth and Blackman and Evans and see if they can become players because I, I think the talent is there for those guys they can run they can they can play to a certain extent but can they make plays and and we saw how disastrous it was for for Evans he, he couldn't come close to covering Amon Ross St. Brown last week or T Higgins when in the Bengal game and, and Blackman uh, gets beat at the end of the, the Bronco game by Cortland Sutton on a game-winning pass. So those guys, they have to learn how to make plays in, in coverage, even, even if the, they're covering a big receiver such as Higgins or, or Sutton. you got to at least knock them out of bounds or do something to, to try to dislodge the ball. And those guys definitely need to be coached up or else get some new corners in here. Yeah. Uh, a lot of work for this organization to do two years after winning 13 games. Uh, we do want to thank longtime sponsor, White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. Yeah, definitely, Jim. My longtime owner, Paul Rubin, general manager, Charlie Gutrell, they're great staff at, at the White Bear Lake Superstore, Buick GMC, Minnesota's number one volume, Buick GMC dealer, six years running with the best selection and their super friendly premium team. Check out their great website, whitebearlakesuperstore.com, and you will see Save up to $4,000 off MSRP with 1.9% APR and no payments for 90 days on new 2023 Buick Envisions, $10,600 total savings on new 2024 Sierra 1500s, 1.9% APR on select 2023 Buick SUV models, 
plus up to $1,250 purchase allowance on those vehicles. The White Bear Lake Superstore also is the Quigley 4x4 Van Superstore. They are a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut. Visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at whitebearlakesuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Talk North would also like to thank Platinum Bank. Happy to talk about our great sponsor, Platinum Bank. I was just over there yesterday. Is your bank a partner or simply a provider? In today's environment, businesses and individuals need a bank that can move quickly and act creatively. Platinum Bank understands the Twin Cities market, partnering with clients to overcome the challenges, capitalize on opportunities, and helping Twin Cities executives to grow their businesses. Platinum Bank's financial products are tailored to meet the unique needs of your organization and solve your problems, not create them. I am a very happy Platinum Bank client and account holder, have personally experienced tremendous customer service, working with Executive VP Nate Erfer and VP Drew Lynch. To learn how Platinum Bank can be an asset to your business, visit www.platinumbankmn.com. Platinum Bank, providing a means to a dream. Thanks to all of our sponsors and all of our listeners here at TalkNorth.com. We do appreciate you listening. Uh, let's get into the league. Uh, the league was crazy this year in terms of upsets, close games, wild finishes. Now we're having a crazy January with all these you know, massive and sometimes surprising coaching changes. And we're also entering the playoffs. Uh, are, we, just, are we just at a juncture in the NFL where there's so much money invested in these teams that if you feel like the coach isn't going to get it done, you're going to probably move sooner than later? Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of pressure on getting things done quickly. And owner, owners aren't, aren't afraid or as afraid as they used to be to eat some salary. And we've seen that with Frank Reich down in Carolina, gets fired, whatever, 12 games into, a, uh, I think, a four-year contract. And so David Tepper, the beleaguered owner in Carolina, who has made some terrible decisions in his tenure. Now, now he's going to hire a new coach, and he'll pay that coach a lot of money, just like he did Matt Rule, just like he did Frank Reich. Certainly the Panthers are a team to watch to see what, what they do, and, and that could be a spot where perhaps a, a hardball could end up with a, a quarterback such as Bryce Young, who had a really rough rookie season and will always be compared to C.J. Stroud, who – ends up leading the, the Texans to the AFC South title, and, and they're, they're going to host the Browns on Saturday afternoon. So, yeah, I, I think there is more pressure to win quickly, and, and that was something that, that Quazy talked about in the press conference on Wednesday, that, hey, he understands that going into his third season, he's got to increase the talent level. Kevin O'Connell knows that he's got to coach these guys up and get them back to where they were in 2022 with the 13 wins. And so, yeah, I think there, there is a lot of pressure on, on all the coaches in the NFL because, as you said, uh, the franchises are so valuable and the owners have, have the money, if necessary, to make changes and, and eat a couple of years on a contract. And it's just a lot different than it used to be. Absolutely. My guess is that Flores will be back. I think he likes it here. He talked glowingly about the experience and kind of resetting himself and his career. Uh, he likes working in this organization. I don't know that uh, – I think the the Vikings collapse at the end of the year gives NFL owners an excuse to not even interview him if they don't want to. Uh, and a lot of them probably don't want to because he's suing the league. So I think 
you know, I, I, the way I read it is he'll be, he'll probably be back. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I do think he'll be back. I think he does like it here. I think he's got a good synergy with, with O'Connell and with the defensive players who like playing for him. And yeah, I think be, because of the, the downfall of the defense at the end of the season, it, it kind of took a little bit of luster off, off his excellent start to the year. And I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a couple interviews, but yeah, there, there's a lot of baggage there in, in terms of what happened in Miami. And, and, and so, and he may get a look in new England too, who, where he spent so many years, but I, I just sense that, that the Patriots are, are going to be Oliver Vrabel. Uh, that, that was, that, that's just a, a natural tie-in. And, and so, yeah, I think that, I think that I think that Brian Flores will be back, and I think that's a good thing for the Vikings because I think he is a, a talented defensive coordinator who did some really good things before the injury factor hit the team too hard at the end, and he needs better talent to work with. And part of that's going to be developing these young players, which is part of his responsibility too. Let's talk about the NFC North and a former Vikings coach as we go through a couple former Vikings coaches as we go through the weekend. Browns at Texans. Kevin Stefanski somehow got into the playoffs. Joe Flacco is his quarterback. Um, he looks like he did a heck of a job this year. Yeah, he did a great job. And I'm really happy for Kevin, who I got to know very well when he was here as Vikings, Vikings offensive coordinator. Really good guy and I think really smart coach. He did, I think, a fantastic job. As as was the case for the Vikings, they they had four or maybe five starting different starting quarterbacks this year. But the fact that they had a guy like Joe Flacco at the end made the big difference compared to what O'Connell had to work with, ultimately with Josh Dobbs and Nick Mullins, who just couldn't get it done and kept turning the ball over. Now Flacco's throwing eight interceptions, but he's also throwing thirteen touchdowns and and knows how to how to lean on the number one defense in the league when necessary. And, and so I think that's the difference. And I think that's an, another lesson uh, for Quasi and, and Kevin here. Have a better backup quarterback. Ha- have a guy who has experience like a Flacco uh, or whoever it could end up being that they decide on. Uh, because I, don't, I think both Dobbs and, and Mullins had, had good moments, but just too erratic and, and too turnover prone, as we saw Jaron Hall the jury's going to be out on him for, for a while. And, and, and the bright lights were way too big for him against the Packers. Uh, in retrospect, I'm sure Connell wishes he had started Nick Mullins that night. Uh, even though Mullins turns the ball over, it may not have made a difference. But the Vikings need a better backup quarterback. And we've talked about that ad nauseum this year <laughs> compared okay. to guys like Randall Cunningham and Case Keenum and Wade Wilson, Bob Lee, who took the Vikings to the playoffs after the starters went down. But yeah, I, I, I like Cleveland's chances at Houston. Uh, CJ Strauss had a great year there, but he's also lost some of his top receivers like Dell. Um, I just, I just think that, that Cleveland will, will get the win this week in Houston and, and that probably be the end of the line when they start running into the, the better teams, the Buffaloes and, and the Baltimores in, in the next playoff round. We agree on that one. How about Dolphins chiefs? <clears throat> yeah, I, I do think Kansas city has sort of gotten things back on track after a, a really rough second half of the season where they went four and four. I, I just feel like Patrick Mahomes is going to step up and make more plays with his legs come postseason that that he'll need to do. And 
I just, I, I, I think it's going to be a fun game to watch uh, with, with Tyreek Hill going back to Kansas City and all, all the drama there. But Dolphins number one offense against Chiefs number two defense. But I, I'll take Mahomes in this playoff game, and and I, I'm not counting him out yet. I don't think they're a Super Bowl team, but I wouldn't put it past him. Certainly, to maybe at least get to the AFC Championship game, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Once again, we agree. Steelers at Bills. Mike Tomlin, of course, former Vikings assistant. Uh, the Bills are trying to win this year without Leslie Frazier, which is a uh, you know kind of a strange move that he was he stepped away at, when he's coaching a winning team. Who do you like there? I, I definitely like Buffalo there. On a roll, they've won five straight. Got a lot of confidence. Josh Allen still turning the ball over last week against Miami, but but also making big plays down the stretch, and they got the big punt return for the touchdown to win the AFC East. But I, I just think that that they're they're today the second best team in the AFC behind Baltimore. So I, I think that they they handled the the Steelers, who certainly had a surprising year, and, and give all the credit in the world to Mike Tomlin to get, get those guys to 10 wins uh, with, with what, what he was dealing with a quarterback in their situation and, and Mason Rudolph at the end, but, but TJ Watts banged up and I, I just don't see, I, I don't see Pittsburgh really making, having an op, a chance to, to make this the upset this week. I, I like Buffalo to win by probably 14 points. Yep. Packers at Cowboys, maybe the premier game of the weekend. Uh, Packers going to play Mike McCarthy, the Cowboys, a very talented, very unpredictable team. Uh, this and, and great rivalry between these two teams. Who do you like? Yeah, I, I think you got to you got to really like the way Jordan Love played over the second half of the season and eighteen touchdown passes, one interception in his last eight games as the Packers went six and two. They're definitely on an upswing. The, the whole NFC North on an upswing with the Bears having one. Played, played well at the end of the season, winning four of the last six, So, which puts more pressure on the Vikings. I think the NFC North is going to be maybe the best division in football next year, or one of the top couple, definitely. But I, I, the, the Cowboys are unbeaten at home. I, I would pick them to win a close game. And, and to me, this is the second best week game of the weekend because the best game is in Detroit. <laughs> okay, well, let's get to that. Rams at Lions, another great matchup. Goff against Stafford, two guys traded for each other. Uh, and the Lions have, you know, the Rams are now playing really well again with Stafford after an off, uh, an often injured year. And the Lions look like a real, real challenger. Yeah, and yeah, I, I think that certainly the Rams, wow, what a, what a great finish, winning seven of the last eight. And Matthew Stafford playing so well down the stretch, I think that I think the Lions are their their undoing is going to be their secondary. Jefferson tore him up twice in the last three weeks. They and C.D. Lamb did it in Week 17. I just think they're really shaky on the back end, and and if they protect and and the Rams are a smart team and and they're going to double Aiden Hutchinson who's really the big threat as a pass rusher I I thought that was a big mistake the Vikings made last week they just didn't double him enough and he has two sacks and seven pressures and they're playing Quesenberry instead of O'Neal who's hurt they should have been doubling Hutchinson every every snap and and they did a fair amount but not enough I, I think that the Rams will make sure that Hutchinson isn't the guy that's just that's disruptive in this game. I I like the Rams in a I guess what we'll call a mild upset, and certainly the the, the Stafford Goff subplot is 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 fascinating. 
And and Goff doesn't hide his displeasure with the with how he left the Rams, even though he does talk up Sean McVay. There, there's just a lot of interesting under underlying issues in this game, and and of course Stafford going back to Detroit uh, is a is a great story. But I like the Rams. I think they're playing better than Detroit right now, and I think the Rams are. If you think the Bills are kind of the dangerous team in the AFC as a threat to Baltimore and Kansas City, perhaps, I think the Rams are, are a dangerous team in the NFC as a threat potentially even to the 49ers, who they played pretty well against over the years. And I think they get this win and and then head to San Francisco probably next week unless the Packers knock off Dallas. That'll be fascinating. The NFC playoffs are going to be so good. Now, Eagles-Buccaneers, maybe the least entice- one of the least enticing games for me. Uh, Eagles are playing horribly. The Buccaneers are in because they won a bad division. What do you do? And Jalen Hurts is dealing with an injured right right hand. What do you see here? Yeah, I'm a little surprised they made that the Monday night game. Um, I think that there were there were better options uh, in terms of a primetime game, uh, such as Dallas Green Bay. But although that that doubleheader spot on Sunday is a big draw, we know that too. And and the Sunday night game being being Lions Rams is a great matchup. But yeah. It's it's a less intriguing game, but in some respects, it's very intriguing because of how bad the Eagles played down the stretch, losing whatever five of their last six or four of their last five. Philadelphia, I I truly believe they're a better team than that. I know they've got issues in their secondary and, and safety. They it's just crazy how far they've fallen this year compared to especially on defense. They were whatever second ranked last year. Now they're 22nd this year and have fallen off on sacks and so forth. But I I really believe that guys like Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham and Jason Kelsey will drive this team to, to get a win in Tampa Bay against, against an okay team and Baker Mayfield. Yeah. You got to credit him for how he played this season under that one year cheap contract there. But I just think Philadelphia is a more talented team, even though Tampa's playing better right now. But I would take the Eagles. And the Eagles actually are favored in this game, too. So I guess Vegas agrees with me. <laughs> and I think you and I agreed on every game this week. So it's going to be a really fascinating weekend. Uh, as the offseason progresses, we will get deeper into the salary cap, how it could actually work, what kind of a number they'd have to give to Kirk Cousins to get the other things done, uh, and whether there'll be any room for free agents, and what are they – looking for in the draft other than almost everything. Hey, thanks to Jeff. Thanks to White Bear Lake Superstore. Thanks to Platinum Bank. Thanks to everyone who listens. We do appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week.